Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. You've made the best decision you could possibly make by tuning your ear to the Word of God. I would love to invite you to stay updated with us on Facebook and YouTube. You can find us at Revival House Church. Father, bless this person and let the seed of the Word multiply 30, 60, and 100 times over in Jesus' name. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, whatever you want, you have to, whatever a pastor wants his church to have, he's got to preach it into him. Amen. You know, that's like, like today, I'm going to pray for all the sick in here. I don't care what you came in here with. I don't care what you say. Well, I've had it my whole life. It's the doctors are diagnosed. They say there's no cure. I'm believing God. That whatever the devil tried to do to you, there's something God can do about it this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Symptoms are going to leave in Jesus' name. Infirmity is going to leave in Jesus' name. Things the devil's tried to cripple you with, it's going to leave with simple prayer in Jesus' name. But, you know, before, before I do that, I want to build faith into you. Because it, it's not just wave a magic wand and touch you on the head and something just happens, there has to be faith engaged. Every miracle that Jesus ever did was done on the basis and the premise of faith. Say faith. Think of the woman with the issue of blood. If you're not familiar with that story, there was a woman that that thought to herself, she had been bleeding for many, many years. She thought to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be healed. She crawled up behind him in the crowd. She reached out. She touched the hem of his garment. Jesus said healing virtue went out from him, and and immediately the bleeding stopped. And then he confronted the woman and said, my daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Say faith. There was a, a, a Roman centurion who had a servant or a, a child sick at home, and Jesus was coming, and he said, just stop. I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. Just simply speak the word and tell it to go, and it must go because I'm a man that's under authority. I know how authority works. What did Jesus say? I've not seen such faith in all Israel. And it says he spoke the word, and immediately at that moment, the, the, the spirit left, the fever left. Say faith. How does faith come? By hearing the word of God. So even when it comes to tithes and offerings, some people are like, why do you, why do you teach on it? Because I want you to get your faith behind what you're doing. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So what you need to do is hear the word of God, let faith come, and then act on that moment of faith. And that, that action and faith produces results. Praise God. Okay, this morning, I'm going to preach a sermon called Why You Can Expect God to Heal You Today. Hallelujah. Why You Can Expect God to Heal You Today. Y'all, I'm telling you, if you're in here, please, 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 please. Any thing that you would have against me, any flesh, any thought that you have in your head to just treat this lightly or with contempt, I'm asking you, just please, just put, put your focus and your reverence on the word of God and honor the word of God in this time, and I'm telling you, you'll receive something from the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
why you can expect God to heal you today. You know, the reason I wanted to preach this was I, we were at small groups Thursday and I got a text message and there was like seven people from the church that were sick. And I'm telling y'all, I know people battle things, things happen, but it made me mad. I was like, what in the world? What is the devil trying to do? I asked my wife, I was like, did somebody come into the church and like bust open a can of something from Hong Kong or wherever it is, you know, and, and something release? What, what the heck happened? What's, why are these people getting sick? And basically, it just rose up in my spirit. You know, the devil's trying to attack. We're going to counter his attack with the word of God. Praise God. And in fact, I'm going to tell you something. The World Economic Forum, they had a big meeting. They invited many ministers to come to this meeting. And there was a few things that they told those ministers to stop preaching. There was many heads of even Baptist organizations. They went to the World Economic Forum, and they told them to stop preaching on this list of things. Two of those things on the list was divine healing, stop preaching healing to the people, and two, stop preaching prosperity to the people. Well, what does that tell you? The devil doesn't want healing taught to the church. The devil doesn't want prosperity taught to the church. And I'm going to tell you why. Because in 2020, the devil tried to cripple this nation, but he failed. You know why he failed? Because he could not, he could not scuff out the light of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He tried to cripple the economy, but there are too many tithe-paying Christians in the United States of America. It failed. He tried to kill everybody, but it just turned into you lost your taste for a couple days and you had the sniffles. And Because there, there's a revelation, there's still people that stand and believe the word of God. Y'all, I'm going to tell you that I'm not trying to get you into fear, but the devil, he's going to try again. He failed. He's going to regroup and he's going to try again. If you think that, uh, well, I don't, you know, if you thought what happened in 2020 was it, it's not it. He failed. He got his rear end kicked. He's going to go regroup, and they're going to try something again. And that's why it's so important for Christians to get a hold of this word. You don't have to be sick. Sickness doesn't belong to you. You don't have to fear any virus. You don't have to fear any disease. Next time it tries to roll around with, with, with you know, whatever C34, whatever it is, you can laugh at it in the face. Praise God. All right, why do you can expect God to heal you today? Let's answer this question to begin with. Is sickness ever the will of God for the believer? You said no, and, but you know, when it really comes to it, a lot of people struggle with that. There's a lot of people, they'll get a, a terminal diagnosis, a horrible attack will come on their body. And I think really as a way of coping, they'll begin to adopt this idea that the Lord, you know, when the Lord gets ready to heal me, he'll heal me. Have you ever heard somebody say something like that? They're sick and they're saying, well, in God's time, I'll be healed. Guys, I'm going to show you through the word. God's time is right now. God's time is this time. Or they'll think that, well, you know, the Lord allowed me to have this disease. He allowed me to have this sickness because I was able to minister to a lot of people through it. Y'all, I'm telling you, if you have the Holy Spirit, God doesn't have to put a disease on you to get you to minister to it. If God wants you to go minister to a hospital, he doesn't have to give you cancer to do it. You know all he has to do? Speak to you by the Spirit. Hey, go minister in that hospital. Yes, sir. And go walk through the doors and start praying through people. That's all, that's all God has to do. 
You know, people, people struggle with that. They'll be sick and they'll say, Lord, I sure would like for you to heal me, but Lord, let your will be done, not mine. Not my will, but your will be done. Well, I want, I want to help settle what is the will of God. Is sickness ever the will of God for the believer? You need to settle that. Not only for when big things come, but if you wake up one day and your little baby starts running a fever and it looks like it's got the flu or something, you need to have this settled. This is not the will of God. And because I'm absolutely certain, I'm convinced in my heart according to the word of God that this is not the will of God, I'm not putting up with this for one more moment than I have to. Which is good news, you don't have to. Is sickness ever the will of God for the believer? Well, let's look at this, Hebrews 1.3. It says, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. So the sun, it's not talking about, you know, the big ball of fire. It's, that's S-U-N. This is the sun, S-O-N, talking about Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. I want you to highlight that point. Jesus came to the earth and he expressed the very character of God. It says he sustains everything by his mighty power of his command. When he cleansed us from sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Okay, I want to read the same verse in the New King James who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Jesus was the express image of the Father. Basically, if that's confusing to you, it means this. If you want to know the heart of God, if you want to know the character of God, if you want to know the will of God, all you have to do is simply look at the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. If you're ever wondering, what is God's will? Look at the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. He was the express character image of God. If you want to know God's will, Jesus said, you look at me and I'll show you what God's will is. Right? In fact, we can know God's will through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Look at John 6, 38. He said, I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. So what does that mean? Everything that you read, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that was never one time Jesus walking in his own will or his own human initiative. Everything that you saw was the will of God. Every breath that he breathed, every word that he spoke was the will of God. You know, what's amazing about that is if that's the case, and we can determine what the will of God is by looking at the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, let's ask this question then. What did Jesus do, and what do you see modeled in Jesus? Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and Jesus went around doing good and healing all. Say all. Say all. What does all mean? Each and every single person without exception. He healed all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So if Jesus said, I only do my Father's will, and he went around healing all, all the time, what does that mean? Healing was always the Father's will. 
He went out. If, if you want to know the, the will of the Father, you want to know the heart of the Father, you want to know the character of God, just look at me. He went around healing all. Say all. Look at Matthew 8, 16 through 17. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command. He healed all. Say all. The sick. There it is again. That word all means that there was never one person that came to Jesus for healing that he turned away. Not one time, can you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, did a person come to Jesus and say, and believe, Jesus, I know you can do something. Please heal me. And Jesus looked at him and said, not today, my son. Not right now, my son. No, it's, you know what? God's actually given you this, Bartimaeus, but God's given you this blindness because he's trying to teach you how to be pious. Is that what he said? What do you want? I'd like to see. Your faith has made you well. What does that show you? That is the will of God. He healed all the sick and it fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. It says, he took our sicknesses, he removed our diseases. Mark 9, 20 through 23. So they brought a boy that was possessed by a demon, and when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. He fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Look what Jesus said. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. So basically what he said here, if it's never a matter of if he can do it. That's how we pray to God, right? Lord, if you can help me, please help me. Lord, if you can intervene, it would sure be nice. Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? You're dang right I can. It's never a matter of if I can. It's always a matter of can I believe that he can. Is God able to heal you of sickness and disease today? Say yes. Here's the real question. Can you believe God for it today? Jesus never turned away one person that came to him in faith in regards to healing. Not one. Amen. Let's answer this question. Is God willing? So we just read, is sickness ever the will of God for the believer? We saw through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, it was modeled. It was God's will. It was always healing for every person that came to him in faith. And in fact, I mean, there's so many levels that we could teach this on. But when Jesus came to the children of Israel, the reason he was able to heal, it didn't matter. He'd heal on the Sabbath day. The day they weren't supposed to work, they'd bring people to him on the Sabbath and he would still heal them. He didn't wait till the next day. Why? Because it was a covenant promise that belonged to the children of Israel. God made a covenant promise with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He made it to Moses. He established those people as his holy people. We'll get to some of those promises in a moment. And so when Jesus confronted a person with this disease, it was always God's will to heal them. They can be healed right now because that is a part of their covenant promise that I made to them. And it's a part of ours. Is God willing? Now let's look at this. This should settle it once and for all. God, if it be your will, well, let's settle his will. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. 
Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. I am willing. Say he is willing. Okay, so he is willing. Look at Acts 10, 34. Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So what does that mean? A person came to God and said, if you're willing, heal me. Jesus said, I am willing. And then the same scripture that tells us he was willing says that God is not a respecter of persons. What that means is what he is willing to do for one, he's willing to do for everyone. He doesn't respect individual persons. He doesn't pick favorites. He doesn't have a will for you and then a different will for me. I, I, I mean, I understand about our purpose and destiny, but I'm talking about in regards to salvation, in regards to healing, in regards to these covenant promises. If he was willing for one, he's willing for all. Well, then people say, well, that was just Jesus, right? That was just a special time. Those are just special things that Jesus did, and he did it because he was Jesus. No, let's look at New Testament practice. Look at Peter. Say, Peter. Well, Jesus did that, but what about us, right, today? Well, no, look, Peter did it too. Acts 5, 15 through 16. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and possessed, all those that were sick and possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Say all. all. Come on, everybody, say all. all. So as Peter's shadow was falling on these people, they'd bring them out into the streets just to shadow was causing spirits to leave, infirmity to leave. Guys, this is amazing. Peter's shadow did not discriminate between any person. Peter's shadow didn't stop, you know, like Peter Pan and his shadow. Peter's shadow didn't stop and say, oh, contemplate. Oh, maybe it's not God's will for you to be healed. Maybe it is God's will for you to be healed. Maybe God gave him this sickness. No, whoever his shadow crossed by, when they came out in faith, he healed them all. They were all healed. Who else did that? Paul did it. Paul on the island of Malta. He was shipwrecked, Acts 28, 8 through 10. As it happened, Publius, this was the leader, kind of the chief on the island of Malta, his father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went and prayed for him and laid his hands on him, and he healed him. Then all, say all, the other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were showered with honors, and when the time came to sell, people supplied us with everything we would need for the trip. Say all. So wow, Jesus healed them all, Peter healed them all, Paul healed them all. Look at Apostle James. Look what he taught and practiced in the New Testament church. James 5, 14 through 15. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. That's kind of a bold statement, right? 
Are any of you sick? Why would he be? You know, if the church held this doctrine, this goofy doctrine that it wasn't God's will to heal all the time, that that wasn't a, a, a covenant right to the believer, why, James would have never said that, would he? No, he would have said, come, you know, and we'll pray and we'll figure out what God's will is. And then once we figure out what God's will is, we'll handle each situation accordingly. No, he said, are any of you sick? Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter where you are. If you're sick, come. We'll pray the prayer of faith and you will be healed. Praise God. I want you to get this this morning. Healing is a part of the covenant that we've been brought into. Healing is a part of the covenant we've been brought into. Look at Exodus chapter 15. Turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 15. We're going to read 22 through 26. When Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, And they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in the desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink, so they called the place Marah, which means bitter. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Say wood. Moses threw this into the water and it made the water good to drink. I'm not going to get off on this, but you know, the Bible says everything in the old Testament was just a type and shadow of Jesus who was to come the fulfillment of the promise. You know, any theologian will tell you that wood was a type of the cross. That wood was a type of Christ. See, imagine this. They're sitting. Anybody ever seen like in East Texas, you go look at like some pond on somebody's property. Anybody ever look at a pond and think, Ooh, I just want to get a straw and Take a big old drink of that. No. Green, slimy, sludgy, nasty. Right? So they're sitting here at this stagnated, slimy, I mean, infected-looking water, and he takes this piece of wood, which was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ, and he throws the wood on the water, and you begin, if you could see it, if you were there, you would have saw the scum, the green, it just began to die back, and the water began to become clear. It began to become pure. You know, and then basically it was that any infirmity, any bacteria, any disease, when it got around that anointing which represented Jesus Christ, it could not stay. It had to leave. It was a type and shadow of Christ. And I'm telling you that when the Holy Ghost dwells inside of you, infirmity has to leave. The Spirit of the Lord is inside of you. He ain't going to tolerate the spirit of infirmity. It's going to leave. So he goes on to say, It was here at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, If you will fully listen and carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. He says, Obeying his commands and keeping his decrees then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. That's actually where the name of God is revealed, Jehovah Rapha. Say Jehovah Rapha. Basically what God said is that word Jehovah Rapha, he means I'm the Lord. I'm the self-existing one, and Rapha means healer. 
Essentially, I am the one who will heal you. I'll heal you by myself, declares the Lord. So basically, he made a covenant, and he said, here's my laws, here's my commands, and here's my decrees, and I'm making this covenant today that if you obey my laws, commands, and decrees, I will be known as Jehovah Rapha to you, and I will take the diseases of Egypt out from among you. You know, any theologian will also tell you that Egypt was a type of the world. Moses was a shadow of Christ. Egypt was a type of the world. Moses led his people out of the world. The Bible says we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light of his dear son. Joshua led them into the promised land. Literally, Jesus in in Hebrew is Yeshua, Joshua. It was all a big picture of Jesus Christ, the promised land, life in the spirit that we have. But I want you to see this. He said, if the terms are met, say, if the terms are met, I'll make a covenant with you where I will remove all disease from you. If the terms are met, I will make a covenant with you where I will remove all the diseases from you. Turn to Exodus 23, 20 through 26. I am sending an angel before you to protect you on your journey and lead you safely to the place that I prepared for you. Pay close attention to him and obey his instruction. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative, and he will not forgive your rebellion. But if, here it is again, if you carefully obey him, following my instructions, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will oppose those who oppose you. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, so that you may live there and I will destroy them completely. You must not worship the gods of these nations nor serve them in any way or imitate their evil practices. Instead, you must utterly destroy them and smash their sacred pillars. You must serve only the Lord your God. Look what he said. If you do, I will bless you with food and water and I will protect you from illness. Say, I'll protect you from illness. There will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land, and I will give you long, full lives in Jesus' name. Listen to this. So this was a part of Jehovah Rapha. I'm making a covenant with you. If y'all would, keep the praying down. Just listen to what I'm saying. This was a part of the covenant promise of Jehovah Rapha. He literally said, I'll remove sickness from among you, right? I'll protect you from sickness and disease. You'll live long, full lives. There'll be no miscarriages among you. I'm telling you guys how this works. I'm not going to get into my whole testimony, but this is the type of verses that me and my wife stood on when the doctors told us you can't have kids, you shouldn't have kids. She had all these problems that caused these miscarriages in her body. We went back to the word of God and said, no, you said there would be no miscarriages among us, Lord. You start hearing the devil try to talk you into compromise. Well, maybe you're having these miscarriages because God wants you to adopt a child. God doesn't have to give me miscarriages to adopt a child. Are you with me? He just has to speak to me. By the Spirit, and I'll do exactly what he says. But we went back to the Word and said, you know what? No, miscarriages is not a part of our covenant blessing in the Lord. 
The Lord healed her body. Here we are three children later. Praise God. The word of God works. I'll bless your food and water. I'll protect you. I'll remove sickness from your midst, another translation says. For I am Jehovah Rapha. You know, say I am. That, that meaning I am, again, if you ever wondered, is it God's will? Well, he didn't say I do. He said I am. See, he doesn't say, I just do healing. I am the one who heals you. That's who I am. So is it a part of, is it really God's will? Yes, it's God's will because it's not just what he does. It's who he is. He is Jehovah Rapha. Praise God. Okay, so so you saw these two things in Exodus 15 and Exodus 23. He said, if you will meet these requirements, if you'll obey these commands, if you'll heed to the law I'm giving you, this is the covenant that I'm making with you. I will be Jehovah Rapha to you. You see that? Okay. So here's the most amazing thing. This was all contingent on if the terms are met. Say that. Say if the terms are met. So if we can meet those terms, what does that mean? We get those covenant promises. Look at Romans chapter 8, 3 through 4. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Look at this. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. What did we just read? If you do these things, if the terms are met, this is who I'll be, Jehovah Rapha. Say that, say, if the terms are met. So the Bible says that he sent Christ, he did this so that the requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. Does anybody get that? What does that mean? Jesus met the requirement of the law for us. Man, I'm t- this is key to healing in your life. Is anybody excited about this this morning? If the terms are met, it says he did this so that the just requirements, say the requirements, if you'll obey my requirements, he said in Exodus 15 and Exodus 23, if you'll obey my requirements, if you'll obey this law. Jesus came and he met the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied. They have been satisfied for us. So that means in Christ, we have met those requirements. Because we've met those requirements, guess what? We get to enter into the covenant where he said, I am Jehovah Rapha. I'll remove sickness and disease from your midst. I'll protect you. I'll bless your food and water. I'll give you long lives. That's powerful. These are truths. I'm telling you, they'll they'll change your life. Okay, I'm going to end with this. But now you have been brought into this covenant. Look at Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship of 
the people of Israel, you did not know the covenant promises. Say the covenant promises. So he's saying, you Gentiles, you used to be outside of these covenant promises that God had made with them. You lived in the world without God and without hope. But now, praise God for this, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. What is, what is he saying here? But now, through Jesus, you have been brought into the covenant promises that God made with the children of Israel. Once you were far away from God, but now you have brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Look at Ephesians 3.6. It says the same thing. It says, And this was God's plan that both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body, and both, say both, enjoy the promise of blessing. What's the promise of blessing? The covenant that God made with them. Jehovah Jireh, the supplier, El Shaddai, the abundant supplier, the God of abundant provision. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. You've been brought into these covenant promises because you belong to Christ Jesus. Romans eleven seventeen. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off and you Gentiles were branches from a wild olive tree have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised to Abraham and his children. Sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. You know, that's, what, that's the thing, guys, is that Christianity today tries to tell you basically anything before the book of Matthew, just throw it out. You don't need it anymore. That's so stupid. Do you know that God didn't just undo everything and, and, and start all over? No, he literally brought us into the covenants that he made with the children of Israel. He didn't just chop down the tree. He chopped off branches, but the tree, the root, remained the same, and we were grafted into that covenant. We were grafted into Jehovah Rapha, my healer. We were grafted into Jehovah Jireh, my provider. We were grafted into El Shaddai, my supplier. Praise God. My last point this morning is this. Jesus paid the price for disease. He paid the price for a disease. So now healing can be applied to the believer at any time. I want you to actually understand this, is that as believers walking in this covenant, we are not actually asking God to heal us. We are receiving his atoning work. Leave that point up right there. We're not asking God to heal. Whenever we pray for the sick, when you're a believer and say something comes on you, fever, sickness, some diagnosis. You're not asking God, would you, would you heal me? Jesus already paid the price for disease. Did you know that? <clears throat> Did you know that Jesus paid the price for salvation? Did you know that when you decide to get saved, Jesus doesn't jump off the throne in heaven and get nailed to the cross again? Did you know that? When was Jesus nailed to the cross? He was nailed to the cross nearly 2,000 years ago, right? So what happens at salvation? You, by faith, tap into the atoning work that he already purchased. 
He's not getting crucified afresh in heaven. He was already crucified, and by faith, you're simply receiving salvation from what he already did, the price that he already paid. Healing's the same way. A lot of Christians end up don't walking in healing in their life because they're asking God to heal them instead of receiving what Jesus Christ already did for them. And I'll show you Isaiah 53, 3 through 5. Is this helping anybody today? Isaiah 53. It says, he was pierced, talking about Jesus through the prophet Isaiah, he was pierced for our rebellion and crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. So it says, It was our weaknesses that he carried in verse 4. Say he carried. So God put it on him. What did God put on Jesus? Number one, sin. Say sin. The Bible says he didn't only forgive sin, he actually became sin. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. So Jesus doesn't just forgive sin. God actually put sin on him. He carried away our sins, and then he was nailed to the cross, satisfying the demand of sin, which was death. He paid the price of death. He paid the penalty that was due for sin. So God put our sin on Christ. Amen. What else did God put on Christ? Well, it says that he was pierced for our rebellion, for our sins, transgressions, another translation says, crushed for our sins, say sin. But he was beaten so that we could be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. So not only did God put sin on Jesus Christ, God actually, before Jesus went to the cross, God had Jesus tied up to a a whipping post, and he took 39 stripes. God put sickness, he put disease, he put infirmity on Jesus Christ. He carried it and he paid the price for it so that by those stripes we could be what? Healed. Hallelujah. He took our sin, he took our disease, and then 2 Corinthians 8, 9 actually says this, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that through, though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Well, Brother John, that's not talking about money. Really, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 is literally Apostle Paul taking up an offering for the church in Jerusalem. It's like taking it out of the context of money is actually putting it in improper context. It's talking about money in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Turn it and read it for yourself. He became poor in the context of money so that through his poverty we might become rich. So that is the atoning work of Jesus Christ. He carried away our sin. He carried away our sickness and disease. And he carried away poverty. So we could be what? Saved, made righteous, healed, delivered, and prosperous in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That excites me. 
Jesus already paid for it. Now all we do is apply it. That's why he said in Mark 16, 17 through 18, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll be able to take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. So basically, here's my point. Don't think because Jesus isn't here on the earth today that you can't be healed. No, the Holy Ghost came. The anointing that was on Jesus came to the church and and. Jesus doesn't have to do anything else to heal you. We have to enforce what he already did. And he said, through the prayers of the believers, the sick will be healed. Hallelujah. So you can be confident today that the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in us. He's here. The Holy Ghost is present. And you can be healed today of infirmity. Hallelujah. Lord, bless them for being hearers of the word in Jesus' name. If you would like to sow a seed or partner with this work that the Lord is doing, check out the description of this podcast or go to www.rhctx.com forward slash give. You can find all the ways to give on that page. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Until next time, this is John Wallace.